I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. Through this podcast, I aim to empower and inspire jewelry entrepreneurs and innovators so they can thrive by doing what they love. I'm passionate about digital marketing for jewelry brands, and I'm excited to share my passion with you. This is episode 114, and today I'm going to be sharing my own recording of a recent presentation that I did about personalization in jewelry marketing. Would you like to discover how personalization can help you improve the customer experience and build stronger customer relationships? If so, then you'll definitely want to listen to this episode. As a side note, there's also a slide presentation that accompanies the audio. So if you're listening to this on a platform like iTunes where there's only audio, I encourage you to search YouTube for Joy Joya TV and there you'll be able to get the full effect with the presentation and the audio. Just wanted to let you know about that. I know some listeners, I heard from a little birdie, don't like when I engage in self-promotion. That's totally fair feedback. I know sometimes it's just noise here on the podcast, but hey, it's also my podcast and I can do what I want. So if you're one of those people, I encourage you to fast forward through the next 15 seconds, but if you don't care, I just wanted to share that I love doing this podcast. It's something I look forward to every week. I love sharing information, resources, and interviews with you guys. If you love it back, if you really enjoy listening to this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you not only subscribe, but if you could also leave a rating and review on a platform like iTunes. That kind of helps other people also find it because they see that it's a trusted resource. And so in a way you're sharing it to other jewelry entrepreneurs and I think that would be awesome. Also, please, if you haven't already, consider purchasing my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy, which you can search for on Amazon. And if you do already have a copy and you've read it and you liked it, please leave a review. It would help me a lot. I love seeing feedback. Uh, It makes me feel like I'm not living in the COVID bubble that I probably you also live in. I love, you know, getting feedback on things. So don't feel shy about that. That is the end of my self-promotion. Anyway, I want to share some marketing-related news and insights from the past week that caught my attention. Are you feeling confused about SEO and how you can use it to drive traffic to your website? One thing I always like to remind my clients is that SEO is super scalable. You can actually do it as a very small business. There are small changes that you can make even today. Um, it can also get very complicated and expensive if you're a corporation. but. Even if you wanna start small, I highly recommend an article that I saw from Ahrefs called On-Page SEO, Complete Beginner's Guide. So what does on-page mean? That refers to the part of SEO that is um, product descriptions, blog posts, your page content. It can also refer to some things in your HTML source code. It's a super accessible article and If you sign up for my email newsletter, you will get the link delivered so that you can find it yourself and benefit from that information. I also 
really love a new campaign by jewelry brand Marla Aaron that I read about. So the designer was moved by the empty restaurant seats she was seeing in New York City during the COVID pandemic, and she really wanted to do something to give back to the restaurant community and industry, which obviously has been struggling. So she designed a charm to resemble an empty chair, and 100% of the proceeds benefit a nonprofit called Chef Jose Andres World Central Kitchen. In order to draw more attention to this charm, because people aren't necessarily getting into jewelry stores, or maybe even to people who wouldn't typically shop for jewelry online or in a store, she actually had a jewelry vending machine set up in Rockefeller Center so that passersby can see the charm and learn more about it and even purchase it right there. So this is just a reminder to think outside of the box with your marketing efforts and try something new that will help you distinguish yourself from the other brands out there. In Rolling Stone magazine recently, some marketing pros shared their tips for brands that are struggling to stand out in a marketplace that's saturated with ads. If you don't currently have the money to spend on paid advertising or you're simply choosing not to go that route, then you'll definitely want to try some of the tips. My favorites include cultivate an authentic presence, demonstrate the value your customers will get, add a human element, nurture connectedness, and lean into what makes your brand unique. All great ideas. If you want to get the links to the articles I share in this segment of the podcast, you can sign up for my email newsletter by visiting joyjoya.com slash sign up, and you'll get a digest with the links every time a new episode drops. Okay, let's get to it. All right, so my presentation for today what you have signed up for willingly is called leveraging personalization in jewelry marketing and i want to clarify because i realized after i like created this topic that personalization in jewelry can mean a few different things there's personalized jewelry which is a big trend now a lot of brands are creating um you know, like name jewelry or initial jewelry. This is slightly different. This is actually like personalizing your marketing to improve the customer experience. Personalized jewelry can definitely play a role in that, but it's a totally different thing. So for those of you who don't know me, I see a few unfamiliar names in the Zoom room. I want to introduce myself. So... I'm the founder and creative director of Joy Joya. What the heck is Joy Joya? Uh, Well, we're a digital marketing agency based in Los Angeles, and we support only jewelry brands to help them grow and add more beauty and sparkle to the world. Um, So our digital marketing support services are comprehensive and varied, and we tailor our solutions on an individual basis. Each client gets a totally personalized experience. Marketing for jewelry brands is my passion, and I'm really excited to speak to you today about personalization. Who am I? I am Larissa Wurstiak. As I mentioned, I'm the founder and creative director of Joy Joya. Um, I'm also the author of the book Jewelry Marketing Joy, which you'll see here, sort of, I think. Um, And if you stick around to the end of the presentation, this is an incentive for you to listen to me for a half hour. I will be giving away five signed copies of my book, and I'll let you know how you can enter for that giveaway at the end. So hopefully you'll stick around for that. 
I've presented at a number of industry conferences, including Jewelry Ecom Live. I'm also the host of the Joy Joy, a jewelry marketing podcast, which I really encourage you to listen to. I have over a hundred episodes of free knowledge every week that I talk about this stuff, and I'm always excited to share my thoughts and ideas. So kind of like to set a prompt for today, something to think about as we move through the presentation, I have a quote here from one of my favorite marketing thought leaders, Seth Godin, who if you're interested in marketing, I highly recommend you check out his books. Here's his thoughts about personalization. So he says, personalization is a chance to differentiate at a human scale to use behavior as the most important clue about what people want and more important, what they need. I think it's so smart and for me, it really sets the tone of what I'm going to be talking about today. Keyword here, human and humanizing. That's ultimately what personalization is about. You know, personalization can sound very like scary because it's often tech oriented. It often requires big investments in marketing, but it doesn't have to. It can be done on a small scale with the goal, again, of creating a really human experience in humanizing your brand for your customers. So let's talk about 2020. I, I kind of don't want to go there. It was a little bit terrible, but it's important to understand why personalization matters so much today. So 2020 was so pivotal in that it prompted so many changes in consumer behavior. I mean, it disrupted everything. And in my opinion, not just temporarily, but I believe moving forward forever, especially for e-commerce brands. So COVID caused complete disruption. According to retail customer experience, 83% of global consumers say they will shop online the same or more, even as retailers open back up from restrictions. So COVID and the shift to e-commerce really has tr trained consumers to embrace and love the e-commerce experience and kind of see the convenience and benefits from it. In addition, expectations have really changed with consumers. I mean, now that they're shifting online and they really expect brands to be there, to be available, to immediately answer like direct messages, to be available on live chat. Customers want that interaction that they're not necessarily getting anymore in the in-store experience. I know that here in Los Angeles, I mean, some stores are open to limited capacity, but I tend to avoid going to stores. I kind of miss talking to like salespeople and asking them questions. So now that I'm shopping more online and I'm craving that experience, I'm kind of expecting brands to like answer my emails promptly, be there on live chat, answer the customer service number when I call, respond to my direct messages. These are all expectations that I may have had prior to 2020, but Definitely not as much as I have now, just because I can't get into stores. Um, in addition, because the, of the shift to e-commerce in 2020, a lot of brands, especially independent brands, probably acquired a lot of new customers because consumers were looking for those e-commerce solutions. Like where could they shop for gifts online? How could they support small businesses for the holidays and get those products online without having to go into store? So 
a lot of these brands, they acquired many new customers, which is amazing. But moving forward, maybe once the world slowly starts to return back to normal, hopefully, fingers crossed, the focus now for e-commerce brands should be retention. So we've got all these new customers. Awesome. How do we keep them customers for life? And personalization will play a huge role in that. And then finally, um, COVID created obstacles in the customer journey, or if not created, but illuminated possible obstacles. So if you're wondering, you know, why people are coming to your site, but not buying, um, do you want to know why people are interacting with your brand, but maybe not adding things to cart. This is a time to really look to personalization to fix these road bumps and obstacles for your brand. So what is personalization? It's definitely a buzzword in marketing. Um, kind of started hearing it a lot in 2020, like everyone's talking personalization, personalization. And now it's less a buzzword and more like let's implement this however a lot of jewelry brands i find are unclear about what personalization really means it's kind of a broad general term so i want to talk about what it is and the tricky part about it is that it can cover a lot of ground and it does have a lot of different um iterations personalization at its core really just means tailored communications. It means delivering a message that's uniquely tailored to an individual customer, or if not that one-on-one, -on -one, then a segment or group of your customers. And it can come in so many different forms. And again, super scalable, so don't be afraid of it if you're a small brand, and absolutely relevant if you're a big brand. This can apply all across the board. It could potentially be a Facebook ad that shows, the, shows your customer specific products that he or she has already viewed on your website. It could be personalized product recommendations based on that customer's past purchases that you're delivering to them in an email marketing campaign. It could be a rewards or discounting program that gives the customer incentives based on his or her past browsing or shopping behavior. It can be like a choose your own adventure type marketing campaign. Have you, did you guys ever read those books when you were a kid? I loved this choose your own adventure book where you like decide on one page to go to a different page based on your outcome. It's a really cool way to think about your marketing. You can give your customers a quiz, for example. And so based on the results of that quiz, maybe you deliver them a certain type of product or a certain collection, or maybe you send them a certain email based on those results. That's a super scalable thing that any brand can do. It's not only personalized, but it's fun. It keeps the shopper engaged. Um, another thing that is uh, in personalization is offering perhaps a virtual try-on try tool, which I think is becoming a lot more popular because customers can't get in store. Virtual try-on, you're probably wondering, well, how is that personalization? Well, when the customer is actually seeing the product on themselves, it becomes a personalized experience. It's engaging, it's unique to them, it's individual. So these are all ways that you can really tailor your communications to improve the customer experience. What isn't personalization? 
So I think it's really helpful to understand what doesn't qualify as personalization because I see these things a lot. Brands thinking that they're creating a personalized experience when really uh, not so much. So it's not just about slapping someone's first name in an email. I know that email marketing platforms like MailChimp make it really easy to do that. You can just plug in a person's name if you happen to have it in your list, you know, like dear so-and-so or put their name in the subject line. You know, it's kind of personalization, but if the rest of the messaging is not tailored to that customer, it's a little bit of a poor excuse for personalization, honestly, because I think most consumers are savvy to the fact that there are tech tools that allow you to like populate someone's name. They know that it's not coming directly from you. Like consumers are pretty smart these days. It's not about being creepy, okay? Personalization shouldn't be creepy or invasive. I don't think that data should be, um, you know, taken advantage of. This, this is a, this is ultimately a process and a tool that makes the customer feel special, that improves the customer experience, that makes shopping easier and fun. It should never come across as creepy. Um, it's not, as I mentioned, about misusing the customer's data or violating privacy protection. We'll talk about that a little bit later in this presentation. And it's not about relying only on your data. So decisions that you make about personalization, it has to come from some kind, some kind of informed source. And your data, like your Google Analytics, your social media data, even any sort of like anecdotal data that you can collect from customers you speak to or um, in any other way that you're collecting data. Of course, those numbers, those statistics are important to help you make your marketing decisions, but your customer is a human. They are not a set of numbers. So at the end of the day, your personalization should have a holistic approach and a really human experience where you're looking at the data, but you're also saying, okay, how, how would I want to be treated? How would I approach this if I was a customer, customer of my own brand? So your data is a starting point, and then your intuition and your feeling and your own desire to build relationships should shape and inform that also. So, okay, now that you know what personalization is and isn't, and maybe you're still not convinced that you should care, especially if you're a smaller brand and you're not sure how you can really implement these things, I wanna tell you why this is so, so valuable today. So I love this quote from McKinsey. Um, they've done a lot of research on personalization and they say, our research and experience show that personalization, when fully implemented, can unlock significant near-term value for businesses, such as 10 to 20% more efficient marketing and greater cost savings, and a 10 to 30% uplift in revenue and retention. I mean, I think that that's pretty impressive. So overall, you can save money in your marketing spend when you make a concerted effort to put out a personalized message. You can potentially reap a greater return on investment. You'll definitely boost customer loyalty, which especially if you're a fine jewelry brand and your customer acquisition costs are very high, customer loyalty is like 
wow, I need more of that. I need to retain my customers. I need them to be my brand ambassadors. I need them to give me referrals. Personalization can help you with that. It can help you guess less in your marketing so that you're not just making decisions on the fly. And instead, you're looking to the customer as your ultimate guide. The customer is leading you to make um, smarter and better marketing decisions. And overall, with personalization, you'll be able to put less focus on what you think matters, which is totally valid, but ultimately, Your business doesn't exist without your customer. Your customer is king, your customer is queen. Let them guide you forward. Improve the customer experience overall. So what are some jewelry brands that are already successfully using personalization? I hope that you're not, uh, if you're a smaller brand, that you're not discouraged by some of these examples. I know that they're, they're bigger. Um, But I also found that these were interesting, so I wanted to share them. So Monica Vinader, I don't know how to pronounce her name, uh, but she's a jewelry brand that has had a lot of really great success with personalized email marketing campaigns. So as I mentioned earlier, personalization in email isn't just about like slapping someone's name on on an email or in the subject line. They are really taking this to the next level. So Monica Vinader, one of the products that she offers that's very popular is um, personalized jewelry. I guess these initial pendants would qualify as something like that. So they know, for example, that the customer's name is Kim and they're using the name Made For You Kim, okay, so they're, they're doing one of those things, including the name, but look, they've actually tailored the image to show initial pendants with a K. So in their email marketing database, they're likely creating segments of customers with um, the different initials and then sending them tailored email marketing campaigns based on their names. I think that's so smart. I mean, make the customer journey easy for your customer. Customers are busy. They don't want to be searching for your through your website. They don't want to like they don't have time to figure out what you're all about. Like show them a product recommendation. The same way that if you went into a really great brick and mortar e-commerce store that had really smart and caring and personable sales associates, that person would show the customer things that they've decided would appeal to them. And in this way, you can take that same experience online by doing things like this email campaign that I just really like and think is a great idea. Also, James Allen, the bridal jewelry e-commerce retailer. So what they're doing also with email marketing and even with some of their website content, they realize because they sell bridal jewelry, which is typically at higher price points, the customer journey can be longer. You know, people can take multiple months to decide on an engagement ring or wedding bands or a diamond purchase. So they know that they have to follow the customer journey for a pretty long period of time. And then they deliver personalized content, typically educational content, to match where the customer is in his or her journey. So for example, if someone buying an engagement ring is 
at the closer to the beginning of the journey. They might not really know a lot about diamonds, about the four C's. So then James Allen delivers them content that's more educational, kind of helping them just get their feet wet in this process. And then maybe as the customer moves further along in the customer journey, at that point, once they are more educated, then their need becomes I need product recommendations. Okay, so like I kind of know what I want, but I need you to help me now like narrow down this huge inventory that you have. So they're able to tailor the content based on the customer journey. Excuse me. Another thing that I found pretty interesting about James Allen's website, I don't necessarily agree with this, but (laughs) I think it's interesting. When you sign up for the email marketing campaigns, you can choose... I am a man or I am a woman. A little bit of a binary approach to marketing, but okay, that's what they're doing. Um, And then from there, once you choose, you get a series of automated emails, a welcome series that's tailored to you and your gender and what James Allen is assuming that you would like, you know, based on that. So that's pretty interesting approach. And then finally, another example is Alex and Ani, um, what they do is they actually personalized gift guides. So they know which customers in the past have bought for gifting. And the way that they know that is likely because the customer added gift wrap or a gift message, or maybe they shipped it somewhere or to someone that is not the person purchasing. So for people that have done gift purchases, they give really personalized gift guides actually to make them even more personalized sometimes they they give quizzes and say like what is your recipient's personality Um, and then they'll provide recommendations based on the results of the quiz and I think that that's super helpful for people who are buying gifts like jewelry is a difficult purchase sometimes as a gift so anything a brand can do to kind of like relieve that chore make and make it fun that's what personalization is all about As I mentioned, these are some bigger brands, um, but you can always do personalization on a smaller scale in a more casual way. For example, you can create a poll on your Instagram stories, costs you nothing, takes a few seconds to set up, and then based on some of the results you get and your understanding of the customers and fans who follow you on Instagram, maybe you can try to like tailor your posts a little more to what your customers want to see. Or maybe you can even create new products and um, diversify your inventory based on customer feedback. It's a pretty good place to start. Um, Even with email marketing, you can do some simple personalization just by segmenting your customers on their behavior, on where they live, um, on their past purchases. There are so many different ways to approach this. So I don't want you to be afraid or intimidated by personalization. To get started with this process, and if you guys know me and you listen to my podcast or you've ever spoken to me, you know that I'm a broken record when it comes to saying, know your customers. It's literally the foundation of your marketing. And when I say know your customers, I don't just mean like know their general age range or their income or maybe where they live, or their style. Like, I want you to get very, very specific. I want you to put yourself in your customer's shoes. 
what are their shopping behaviors and habits? Where are they spending their time online? What are their frustrations and the obstacles that they have in the customer journey? Like, I want you to really step into your customer and know him or her intimately as if you would a close friend. That's the first step to all of this because you can't personalize if you don't know who you're personalizing for. You also want to understand your typical customer journey. So customer journey, if you're not familiar with that term, it refers to to behaviors that the customer has at every stage of the purchase process. From the very moment that a customer meets you and first learns about your brand to when a customer is considering making a purchase through when that customer makes a purchase and even beyond. And in that customer journey, and this will vary from brand to brand, there are numerous customer touch points and you have to understand how many touch points typically it takes for a customer to make a purchase. That way you can find um, objections in the customer journey, places where customers are kind of falling off or getting frustrated. And from there, you can really use personalization to maybe address some of those uh, challenges or weak points in your customer journey. You really want to listen to your customers. Like truly, they are everything. You think you know everything about your brand, but your customer actually knows more. They should be your guide, your guru even. So listen to your customers. And then you can start, as I mentioned before, just by grouping some customers who tend to exhibit sim similar behaviors and needs. So for example, do you have one group of customers who needs a lot of human interaction before they end up making a purchase? Maybe they're like, you're more needy customers, and I'm saying that in an affectionate way, they just kind of need a lot of hand-holding. They want to talk to someone. You know, there's probably a group like that. Segment those people. Then there may be some people that are more independent. They actually don't really want to interact with you that much. They kind of want to be left alone. Like, segment those people and create um, content that would support them and make the customer experience fun with them. You already have tools to do this. You don't have to be a corporate brand with like a huge marketing tech budget. There are definitely tools to do this. Even if you can't achieve what's called one-to-one -one marketing, which is literally personalizing the experience for every customer on an individual basis, you can start in whatever way is possible for you. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can look like on in a very sophisticated way like some kind of AI powered recommendation tool or it can be a more out of box solution so start with what's available and don't get overwhelmed um, some examples might be if you use Shopify for your store Shopify has some themes that are really great at offering product recommendations so that's an example of personalization. You can also, if you do Facebook or Instagram advertising, take advantage of some of Facebook's dynamic product retargeting ads. That's a form of personalization. You can also create, an, um, with your email marketing strategy, a series of automated emails that go out to different segments of customers based on their needs and behaviors. So that's a really easy and affordable way to do personalization. And I think email is so effective for that because it's personal and you have control over that audience data.
I'm getting close to my cutoff time, so I'm going to try to speed it up a little bit here. I mentioned before that data plays a huge role in personalization. And of course, I think this quote says it all. Personalization is only ever as good as the data that is being collected. So you want to make sure in your brand that you have a comfortable familiarity with where your data is coming from, whether that's Google Analytics or your social media data or your email marketing data. If you feel scared by that or intimidated by that, you should definitely hire someone who can help you interpret it, who can deliver reports on a regular basis. You need to be aware of your data because your data should be guiding all your business and marketing decisions. If you're kind of ignoring it and playing blind to it, that's not gonna be helpful at all. Um, the main takeaways that I want you to get from this presentation is that you want to make your customer feel special. Personalization can be very tech driven. There are a lot of like jargon words associated with it. It can cost a lot of money. It cannot cost a lot of money. There's a lot of different ways to approach it. But the ultimate takeaway is anything you can do to make your customer feel special, do that. They want to feel special. 2020 was a hard year for everyone. It's still difficult right now. Um, they, they're, The ways that they've been used to shopping have been totally disrupted. They want to feel special, so give that to them. Humanize your brand, especially for e-commerce brands. I think it's easy to forget for jewelry entrepreneurs that you know, customers want to feel like they're interacting with something that feels human, even if it's an entity or a group of people. So think of your brand as having a personality, as having some kind of humanity connected with it. And any way that you can, you know, um, speak directly one-to-one, -one, offer immediate customer support, those are all ways that can humanize what you're offering to customers. When you can, you should leverage technology. I think technology can be scary for a lot of people, but you can start small, dip your toe in what's available, work with what you have, and then as you feel more comfortable, you can scale or work with a marketing partner who can help you feel more comfortable about the technology available. So what do you think about personalization? You can always email me, Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A -S -S at joyjoya.com with your questions, comments, and feedback. Looking forward to sharing my next episode with you. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.